just the other day We celebrated right here, we counted down to 08 Our first New Year's here, so much has happened since then So let's reflect on what we've learned through all the laughs and the tears Like the heartache and the pain from doing things our own way All the peace and the joy that come from walking with the Lord It's only by His grace By faith we meet on Sundays and give God praise I'm so thankful for the times we get together to pray I wish that I could say, hey, I did everything right But I'd be lying, y'all would know besides it's not how I write No, it's not what I write, so much is how I live my life And if we walk in the light, as he is in the light Then our fellowship is held together by the blood of Christ A place of rest for the weary, welcome to the sanctuary Building healthy families, our families Good morning! To the Lord yeah, alright, I'm not even going to ask if you guys are excited Because I am, so it don't matter Yeah! All right. All right, I'd like to start with a quote. Here's the quote this morning. You need to really hear this. So tell everybody, shut up. Listen. Listen, you never get any smarter by talking. So listen. Amen? Father, we just ask you right now, God, that you would have your way in this place, God, that I would decrease, that you would increase, God, that we would hear something, that we would have seed planted that would grow, take root, God, and and grow into the things that you want it to be, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, you are never too old or too far gone to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Yeah. Amen. Gretchen said more people need to hear that. So here it goes again. You are never too old and never too far gone to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Listen, failure is success when we learn from it. And lastly, when I let go of what I presently am, I can start to become what I one day might be. See, I want to talk to you this morning about new beginnings, new patterns, new ways, new habits, new lifestyles, new behaviors, new expectations, new realizations, in a message titled, Start Something. Start Something. See, I brought my bat with me because I I don't know about you, but whenever you see a man with a bat and he's not in a uniform, I I give him my attention. See, he's probably got something to say. He's probably upset at somebody. More than likely, he wants to start something. Amen? And so, see, I want to give you that image today that I want you to leave here. I want you tweeting and Facebook and saying, man, my pa- you, did, you, did you see him? My pastor wanted to start something with me today. Because I do. I want to start something with you today so bad. Amen? See, see I want to get in your face. Hey, listen, this is the last message of the year. This is message number 202. This is my 202nd message at the Sanctuary Fellowship. And I just want to get in your face with it. Amen? So, so I, I want to dare you. I want to motivate you. I want to encourage you. I want to push you out the chair if I have to. But I want to start something with you today. You know, you know when people, when, when, when they get into a fight, where they're about to fight, and, and it's usually the people that don't want to fight, so they're doing a lot of talk. Right? They're like, go ahead, start something, go ahead. I wish you would. 
Right? I do a lot. Like, I don't want to, not, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want to fight nobody here. But I got the bat just in case. And I got Chris telling me that if I'm all right, we're good. So if you want to bring it, you can bring it. I'd love to see you try. <laughs> but I mean this in a good way. I, I, I want to start something. I want to see you try something. I, I want to see you. See, see, some of you started enough trouble in your lives. Amen? Some of you started enough drama in your lives. I want to see you start something good. I want to see you try to be different. I want you to be known for something other than what you're known for now. I want to see you break old habits. I want to see you walk different. I want to see you walking in love. I want to see you walking in forgiveness. Listen, if you're going to be mad and cranky all the time, then be mad at the things you need to be mad at. Be angry at what you should be angry about. Amen? And then don't just be angry. Don't just be mad. Start something. I want to see you start something that would change those things. See, you, you, you know what comes out of you when the pressure is on? How many of you know? Right? You can have your Christian t-shirt on, you can have the Christian bumper sticker on, but somebody cut you off in the wrong way at the wrong time. You know that stuff that comes out of you? You know, you start telling people they're number one, but with the wrong finger? And the, the stuff that comes out of you. See, whatever comes out of you when the pressure is on, that's what's inside of you. So if you don't like what comes out of you, change what goes inside of you. Oh, come on, I'm going to start something today. See, John 7.38 says, what, Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Church, where's that at? Can, can we be honest today? Where's that at? When's the last time you smacked a Christian and rivers of living water fell out of him? <laughs> now, I don't encourage you to go smacking Christians, but you understand what I'm saying? When's the last time one of us went through something and rivers of living water flowed out instead of whining, complaining? You, you know what I'm talking about. See, when you crush an olive, that's when the oil flows. Where my spiritual people at? When you crush an olive, that's when the oil flows. Turn to somebody and say, right, go, go ahead, start something. Start, I'd, li- I'd like to, g- g- grit your teeth and say, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> Let's go back to our story in Genesis for a minute. See, Jacob was a mama's boy who never strayed far from his home. Jacob was a mama's boy. He never strayed far from his home. And, but because, because God had a special plan for him, God arranged to meet him at the hard place. Right? We've been talking about this now for a little bit. Now, I and many here, you can testify, whenever you find yourself in a hard place, God can meet you there. Listen, I'm sorry, I've been, I've been talking about the hard place for three weeks and God just doesn't let me move on from it. So we're going to end the year with it, amen? Because some of us have been in a hard place. And you need to understand the hard place because then it changes the way you look at things. Say amen. amen. 
See, so we have to understand that the same Jesus who says in Hebrews 13 that he will never leave you, never forsake you, and always encourages us there, that he is our helper, and so we have nothing to fear. What can man do? That same Jesus will meet you in the hard place. And it says further on in that chapter that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And so, because He has this special plan and a purpose for you and for me as well, He often arranges to meet us in the hard places. The problem is, too often we don't stop whining and complaining long enough, or shut up long enough to learn something. I know I'm not talking to anybody here, but for those that are watching online, See, you can't learn nothing if you think you know everything. That's for the guy behind you, just looking at him. He's talking to you. And you can't listen if you don't stop talking. See, God wants something for Jacob. He, he wants to make Jacob the man of destiny. He's going to make Jacob, listen, whether he wants it or not, he's going to make Jacob the father of the twelve tribes of Israel. Ja- Jacob's going to be an amazing man. He's going to be the father of the tribe of Judah, which the Savior comes from. Amen? So listen, he gets him to the hard place and and he meets him there. And after this encounter with God, Jacob responds, right? And we talked about that prayer that Jacob prayed. And and listen, regardless of if that response wasn't the proper way or or if it didn't sound right to us or, or maybe wasn't respectful or appropriate by our standards, I believe what God wanted with Jacob and what He wants from you and I today is just to bring Jacob into a genuine relationship with Him. Sometimes God will get us to the hard place just to get us in relationship with Him. Because when everything's going well, when we think we got everything figured out, when the raise comes, when the job's still there, when we have money to buy gifts for everybody, sometimes it's easy to lean back and say, I got this. When the car starts in the morning and everything's good, I got this. Sometimes we need the car to go click. Why? So we can say, God, come on, God. You ever been there? I've started many cars with the, with the prayer. I'm not a mechanic, but I've started many cars with a prayer. Like, God, are you serious? Please. Please, God. Not today. I can't be late. I have to pick up my kids. I have to do this. I have to do this. God, please. Amen? Sometimes God will keep you there longer, but it's for a reason too. And we have to say, God, I, I, I receive that as well. But, but see, sometimes God will get us to the hard place to get in communication with Him. See, if, if we were created to worship, if we were created with a free will that we would have to love God by choice, it, it stands to reason that God would want us in relationship with Him, in communication with Him. If God was angry about that prayer, we would have read all about it later on. But I love that nothing else is mentioned here. And you know Jacob's prayer. It was one of those, if you watch me, and if you take care of me, and if you provide for me, and if you bring me back safely, and if you get me to where I need to do, and if you get me everything I want, then I'll give you a tithe of everything that you give me. And with that prayer, here's what happened though. 
Here's what I want you to get. With that prayer, sometimes we pray some immature prayers. How many of you are thankful that God doesn't answer all your prayers? Amen? We pray some stupid things sometimes, don't we? We pray some things later on that we say, God, thank God that you didn't hear that one. <laughs> and, and it's not that God didn't hear it because He's the God that hears. But He's also the God that knows. Amen? He's the God that knows better. He's the God that sees when we can't see past Friday. He's the God that sees our entire life right before Him. And so what, with that prayer, Jacob went from hearing about God. He went from learning about God. He went from just wanting the blessings of God to meeting God for himself. And listen, some of us here today, we, we need to go from hearing about God. It's good that you're here, don't get me wrong. It's good that you, that you might listen to other things during the week. And it's good that you're feeding yourself. It's good that you're reading books. But we need to go from hearing about God and learning about God and studying doctrines and reading books about God and, and wanting the blessings of God to meeting God for ourselves. You, you can't live off your friend's relationship with God. You can't live off grandma's faith. You can't live off your parents' faith. And, and some of you are too old for that nonsense anyway. Right? We're in our 40s saying, well, grandma's still praying for us. It's, it's time that we have a relationship with this God. Amen? So, so listen, whether, whether it starts with a simple, immature prayer at the end of a service or, or during a time of worship or even in the middle of one of the toughest times in our lives, I want to encourage you to go ahead and start something. You've got you to start someplace, why not here? And you've got to start sometime, why not now? Amen? See, I love that even with all of the dishonest stuff that Jacob pulled, any of you just done some dishonest stuff? Just me and Gretchen? Gretchen, nobody else wants to be real, I don't know. Even with all the deception that Jacob did, even with all the trickery, even in all of his immaturity, God brings him to the hard place to have an encounter with him. See, that's the grace of God. The, the grace of God. I've heard it said once, grace has been compared to water. Grace is like water. It, it trickles down and it pools in the lowest of places. Some of us have been to the lowest of places. We might be right now in the lowest. We got the front on, like, hey, it's Christmas and we're in church, but we're in the lowest of places. We, we, we comes. I don't even know why I'm doing I'm here. I know why I'm here. I'm here because of this one or because of that one. But, but we in the lowest of places, and I want to let you know that God brought you here today because grace, it, it's like water. It trickles down. You know, it hits everything, so it's awesome because we all get it. But, but it trickles down and it pools in, in the lowest of places is where that thing builds up. Ah, oh, man. Get that picture in your head, man. So, so God brings him to the hard place to have an encounter with him and to get into covenant with him. And God brings him to the hard place to start something. Side note, sometimes we stay in the hard place too long. Sometimes we stay in the hard place too long 
Because we like the attention we get in the hard place. Sometimes we stay in the hard place too long because you don't want to move on. Because you don't want to be held responsible. Because you don't want to be held accountable. And, and you got to the place where you like using a rock as a pillow. You want to be miserable. You want to be, you know, just I don't want to be responsible for nothing. You, and we stay in the hard place too long. Because it gives you... See, when you use the rock as a pillow and you're in the hard place, it gives you something to complain about. It gives you something for the bochinche and the guy. It gives you an excuse to be who you are at the moment. It gives you an He said, well, listen, man, you don't understand nothing. Shut up. You don't know how I grew up. You don't know how I lived. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what I experienced. You don't know what I didn't have. You don't know where I come from. You don't know me. And, and, and we can roll with that for the rest of our lives and never grow up. Amen? Listen, I'm sorry and I'm not belittling and I'm not saying it's not important, some of the stuff that you guys... There, there's some things that some of us in here have gone through that none of us could imagine. That none of us could say, hey, I know what that's like. And so I'm not making it small, but I'm saying, listen, at some point, God has called us, God had us here. At some point, we got to leave the hard place. At some point, we gotta, we gotta move from the hard place. Listen, sometimes a lot of people like the hard place because in the hard place, you're all alone. And, and, and that means you don't have to care about anybody. It means you don't have to show love to anybody because people understand, well, he's in a hard place. Well, he's not gonna be nice to me because he's in the hard place. You, you like to be there because you can throw a pity party every weekend and say, poor me. Poor me. And have everybody look at you and say, poor you. And, and, and develop a handout mentality. Listen, some people like to stay in the hard place because it makes them sometimes even seem more spiritual. And unfortunately, what it does is it makes people more self-righteous. When you're in the hard place. Because now, the people that are laughing and worshipping, well, they're not as spiritual as me. Because I'm serious. The people that are always having fun, they don't know Jesus like I know Jesus. Right? It, it makes people self-righteous. But listen, God brought Jacob. I, I want you to get this. I, I'm not going to bring it up again. But God brought Jacob to the hard place just so Jacob could talk to him. Just so Jacob could experience him and acknowledge him. And it lasted one night. And watch what happened. Jacob experienced God. Jacob prayed and Jacob bounced. As a matter of fact, it says, the rock that he used as a pillow, he stood it up now and he poured oil on it. Why? Because he said, I'm never going to use that pillow, that rock as a pillow again. Come on, get this. He, he, he turned it upside down. He, he stood it up and poured oil on it. He said, I'm never going to use it as a pillow again, but I'm going to keep it as a reminder that that's where I met God. Listen, we need to look at our hard situations and say, <coughs> I am not going to rest on you anymore. I'm not going to use you as an excuse anymore. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it so that I can't even go back there anymore. But I'm going to remember that that's the place where you brought me so that you can talk to me. That's the place where you brought me so that you can hear from me. See, that changes the way we look at our hard places. That changes it. That, that makes us move forward and say, you know, and, and, and I've seen this in my life. And, and I've, I've looked back with my wife and when we talk about things and you say, man, remember when we, wow. That was so hard. Remember that situation with the hospital? Remember that situation with this? Remember that situation with the death? Remember that situation losing this and losing that? Remember how hard it was? Remember how we cried? Remember how much we hurt? But look where God has brought us from. Look where we are now. You know, look, look, because of that, this happened. And because of that, this happened. And and because we went through this, now we can stand through this. It's amazing when you flip the rock, turn it upside down, don't use it as a pillow anymore, but use it as a reminder of where God met you. Amen? Okay, let's move on because I want to start something today. And I want to see you make up your minds to start something. So let's move on this story real quick. Jacob goes on from that hard place. I know we, we never keep going, so we're going to go. Jacob moves on from the hard place. And remember, the whole point that he, the way, the reason he ended up there was because they sent him away to go find his Christian wife, right? He went to go find his, his godly wife. And so, it, you know, he was on this journey. So he left the hard place because they didn't want him taking a, a wife from the idol-worshiping, false god-serving Canaanites. He, and so he finds himself exactly where he's supposed to be. And in Genesis 29, he meets the woman that he's going to marry. He meets Rachel. And he sees Rachel, man, and, and he loves her. And, you know, the, the, he, he goes back and he meets um, um, Laban, Rachel's father, and he knows this is the woman that he wants to marry, and so he works for Laban. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 29, 16, that Laban had two daughters, Leah, the older one, and Rachel, the younger one. It tells us that Leah had soft eyes, but Rachel had it going on. Rachel was banging. She, I mean... It says that she was a fine... Read, read the text and you'll see. And so, verse 18, it says, Jacob loved Rachel. And so he said, here's what he tells Laban. Laban says, well, you know, you, you, you're serving, you know, you're working here for me for free. What do you want? And so let's work out something, right? And so, um, he, Jacob says, how about this? I'll serve you seven years. I'll work for you for seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And so Laban says, man, it's better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. So yeah, stay with me. And so verse 20, it says, so Jacob served for seven years. How many of you worked for seven years for your wife? You better put your hand up, boy. (laughs) It says he worked for seven. And listen, it seemed to him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. This boy was messed up, right? So then, 21, it says, so Jacob said to Laban, it was, it was time, the, the seven years are up, and so he says, give me my wife that I may go into her. The Bible's raw, right? That's what it says. That's, that's pretty raw. When, I, when you read things like that, you're like, is that really what he meant? I, I think so. 
So he says, for my time is completed. And so Laban gathered together all of the people of the place and he made this big feast. And it was this huge wedding feast and, and it was customary in those times. Sometimes it takes longer than a day. It's one of those feasts that it just goes on. It's party, 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 all, right? And so at the end of that feast, as was customary in that culture, at the end of all that, Laban slips Leah, que escándalo, Laban slips Leah into the bedroom with Jacob, not Rachel. Somebody said that's dirty. And so he, he in, in the morning, he don't know. It's tired. It's late at night. He's just looking. To, he getting my wife, you know. This is, give me that woman that I made. Right? And so, and so it happens. And so he wakes up in the morning. Hopefully you guys have never experienced this. But he wakes up in the morning and he says, you're not. <laughs> that's not Rachel. That's, and so he's outraged and he, he runs to Laban and, and he says, Laban, you know, come on, man. I, didn't I serve you for seven years for Rachel? Why have you deceived me? Isn't it funny? Jacob, the deceiver, is complaining now about being deceived. Somebody say, you reap what you sow. See, Laban, and so Laban makes this big excuse, and he says, you know, it's customary in our time, we don't marry the younger before we marry the older, so I gave you the older, but I'll tell you what, work for me another seven years, and, 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 and I'll give you Rachel. And so, I mean, he was really, he wanted Rachel, so he said, fine, I'll work another seven years. So, so Jacob was tricked into working 14 years for the man, for the wife that he wanted. Now, I'm not even going to get into that. I just want you to know one thing here. Sometimes the way we start something will determine the way things play out. Okay? Sometimes the way we start things, listen, we reap what we sow. That means that we get back from the stuff that we put in. Okay, so Jacob, although he had words spoken over his life since before he was born, he started out with deceit and trickery. And now we see those things that he did and, and what he wanted, they're now being done to him. Right? And so the way he started things has brought him to the way things are going right now. Do, do you see that? See, God is going to use all of this to work in his life and to prepare him and all that. Amen? But what he has poured in, this is what's coming back. The way he started things is, is kind of usually determines the way things play out. And so, listen, I wanted to hit you with this because with New Year's less than one week away, I want to challenge you today to get ready to start something. Anybody with me? Yeah. You don't even know what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> so either you're silly or, or, or you don't care. You say, whatever God wants for me, I want to do it. Right? So amen. I, I pray that it's that. See, because the way we start something can have an effect on the way things work, work out. And so the, I, I want you to start the new year in a new way. And listen, this is going to mess somebody up. Because this goes away, this goes against the things that we've done forever. Right? We, we, well, what's New Year's typically for, for everybody in the world? 
that is a day that just gets erased because we are so wasted, so trashed. We, and so what ends up happening is we start the new year in the first hours of the year with regret. And, and, and that's just a pattern of this world. We, we do it again and again and again and wonder why it, it takes months before we, we kind of recover, if we do, and say, come on, man, I'm sick of this. Another year, here we are again. It's, it's already June and I'm... I'm still where I was three years ago, five years ago. I'm still doing the same stupid things. I try, I try, but I'm still in the same place that I was before. Why could it be that maybe the way you started things plays out and determines the way things are going to go? So I want to challenge you. Now listen, I, I, I don't just mean going to this building to bring in the new year. You could go anywhere you want. That's, you know, that's on you. We, the reason we do that here is because, and we've done this since I think our first year, because we just wanted to provide an alternative. We wanted to say, listen, if, if, if you're sick and tired of watching all your uncles, you know, just get trashed and, and, and make a mockery and fight with everybody about who's going to drive home, and, and if you're tired of that kind of setting, it, this might upset your family for, for a time, but break away from that. And we just want to give you an alternative. And where you can be with, 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 with some men and women of God, where you can pray together, where you can have words spoken over your life. This year we're going to have the prophetic ministry just speak over our lives and give us words for the new year. And, and where you can gather and not, not have all the temptations to do all the things that you've always done. And so, you know, that's the reason we do that. But <clears throat> that's not really the challenge. What I want to get at is this. This is going to be our third year, starting the year with a corporate fast. What is a fast? Doesn't mean we do things quickly. <laughs> a fast means to go without something. Uh, a fast is generally means to go without food. I know I lost a bunch of you already. You're like, when are we going to pray and go home, please? But we usually do a Daniel fast, and we usually do that for 21 days. This year, I want to do something a little different. This year, I want us all to join together and take part in a 10-day Daniel fast. And let me tell you why I made it a 10-day. I mean, in, in, in the book of Daniel, you'll find there's a 10-day fast, there's a 21-day fast. And there's no, it's not about being legalistic and about, you know making things exactly. But what I wanted to do this year is I wanted to set it up in a way that we can all succeed. Because what happens with the 21-day fast sometimes is we get hyped, you know, we leave Sunday, we say, God, I know you're calling me, God, I know, I know. But then the hamburger calls you by Tuesday, Wednesday. But then you start getting the headaches from not having the coffee. Because, yeah, there's no coffee. And then, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden, forget it. You say, that's for the spiritual people in church. That's for the, for the, for the prayer team. That's for the pastor. Let him go hungry. I'm, that's not, you know, that's not for Esau Pael, you know, whatever. Let him, he needs to hear from God anyway. Right? But that's the wrong attitude. Amen? Amen? So, uh, a corporate fast means the whole body does it. I'm trying to get everybody's eye contact. 
That means the whole body does it. That means we all do it together. Amen? And, and listen, this year, right from the pulpit with a bat in my hand, I'm asking that all of our leadership team... <laughs> I'm asking that all of the leadership team would stand with me and do this with me. Amen? And, and then I'm asking that all of the, the, the body, that you would take part in it with us and that you would join us. Listen, why fast? I'll tell you in a minute what it is, but why fast? We fast for breakthrough. We fast for, for strength. We fast for victory over the flesh. You know, sometimes we, we have these habits and we have these things that we can't get away from. We keep going back to the same junk. We keep going back to the same. Sometimes there's big decisions in our lives and we can't make them, man. Should I leave this job? Should I do this? Should I, should I go here? Should, should I change this? Is this the person that I want to marry? Is this the person that I want to be with? Big decisions that are going to affect you for the rest of your life. That's a time to fast. That's the time to say, God, I'm, I'm, and this is what you're doing with a fast. You're saying, God, my spiritual is more important than my flesh. My, my, that, that, that spirit that's inside of me and my spiritual life is going to, for a little bit, going to take precedence over precedence over the, my flesh. And so I'm going to tell the flesh to chill for a minute. Some of us could use it. And, and I'm going to let my spirit get kind of built up and say, God, I'm going to rely on you more. Amen? And, and so for, we do it for direction. We do it to hear from God. We, we do it to mature. Some people have been in church 27 years and you're still at the same maturity level. That, that, that shouldn't be. Some of you have been to 16 different churches and, and you still think it's the church that got a problem. Right? Now, now, don't get me wrong. God calls us to different places for different... So I'm not saying that. But, but, but that's not the case a lot of the times. A lot of the times it's just, Man, well, I'm not being fed here. I'm going to go someplace else. Well, you're not being... Are you, shut up. Are you listening? Are you reading the Word? Are you hearing the... Are you worshiping? Are you, are you taking part in what happens? Those are the same people that don't want to fast, that don't want to come to prayer, that don't want to do nothing, but then they want to bounce. Because what it is, they would rather me come out here with puppets than with a bat. Because they'd rather me entertain and tell jokes and, and put on a show for you and exhaust myself so I could go home and just pass out. But as long as you got tickled... And as long as you got enough little spirituality to make you feel good for Sunday. But, but, but that's, that's not what we're about. Amen? That's not the body of Christ. That's not what I'm called to do. I want to bring you the truth and I want to bring you to the place of maturity. I want you to, to, to step out in maturity. There's this ministries that haven't gotten started here because we're still immature. 1 Corinthians 1.3, you are still worldly. You're still carnal. Oh, when Paul addressed, he said, man, I should be giving you meat, but i got to give you a baby bottle. I, because you're still worldly, Paul said. I'm not saying that to you, so don't, you know, don't be upset. But it, it's something when i got to take the beer bottle out and put the nipple in on Sunday to feed you. Right? We're old enough. You, you, you get what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I want us to get to the place where, where if, if, the, if the Word of God, if God is calling the church to fast, you say, I'm with that. If God is calling the church to pray, you say, I'm a part of that. 
If God is calling the church to tithe, to give, it means I'm a part of that. I, listen, you know, I, I, I hate people talking about knocking down this wall, and then I don't see it happening in the finances. Well, I got to pay to knock down the wall. I got to pay to buy the building. I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. You hear me, church? Are you hearing me, family? Listen, this, this, during, this, during this winter season, so that you understand, it costs about $1,000 to heat the place. And I know you still complain it's not hot enough. But it's $1,000 a month to heat the place. It's, it's $9,000 a month to rent this place. Where, where do you think that comes when you come once a month? <laughs> Imagine if you did that in your house. Yeah, I'll pay bills when... When I want to. When I show up. Now listen, I'm not giving everybody a papa. I'm sorry. New people, I love you. But sometimes we just got to tell it like it is. Amen? We are the body of Christ. We're a family here. And, and we are all responsible for everything that God has called us to do and what God has called us to be. And I want to buy this building. I want to, in January, go after it with all my heart. I want to buy it, expand it. I want us to fit more people. I want us to grow and do bigger things. I mean, we had a horse in last week. I want to bring camels in next, next year. You know, I want to do whatever it is. Man, I just want to have some fun up in here. Is that all right? But we got to do it together. And so, so, so here it is. Here's the Daniel fast in a nutshell. Daniel, was when, when he denied the king's diet and he challenged the guards to bring them only vegetables and only water. So no meat, no wine, and none of the king's delicacies. And so to sum it up, what's the Daniel fast? No bread, no meats, and no sweets. No bread, no meats, and no sweets. You could go to the website, you could Google Daniel Fast, you'll find a bunch. Here's what I don't want you to do, don't get legalistic. There's a bunch of sites that they'll go crazy on you. they say, read every ingredient in the bottle, and if it has this, you can't have it, and if it has a chemical, you can't. Come on, man, just keep it simple. No bread, no meats, no sweets. Ten days. And, and, and in replace of that, next week we're going to get into the heart of fasting, and Pastor Gary's going to help me with that. And so we'll, we, we still have some time to kind of understand it. Because we're actually going to start January 3rd. Amen? So you can enjoy the New Year's parties and eat and have... Some of you were sad about that. You were like, oh, depressed. I got to go to the New Year's party. I can't have cookies. I can't have cake. I can't have... No. It's going to start January 3rd. So eat it up and have an awesome time. Have fun January 3rd, and then we're going to end it on the 12th with a night of prayer right here. A night of worship and prayer on a Wednesday night, January 12th. Now, listen, I have heard, we've done this for a couple of years now, I've heard every reason and every excuse why you won't. I want to tell you today, you can and you should. Unless there is a medical reason, then... then Work that out. There's other ways. There's alternatives. If you're pregnant, we need to work that out and add a little more uh, protein and things to your diet. I don't. The, the Daniel fast is not to hurt you. The Daniel fast shouldn't tear you down. The Daniel fast, actually, by doctors, says it's a great cleansing for us, and we should do it once a year. So it's actually a good benefit. It's not meant to hurt you. It's meant to cleanse you physically and sharpen you spiritually. Amen. Anybody with it? 
Listen, if you're tired of where you're at, start something. If you want to grow up and have a better understanding, start something. If you want direction for your life, start something. If you want change, Obama is not going to bring the change that you need. Start something. If you want clarity, start something. If you want to overcome, start something. If you want victory in every area of your life, start something. If you want to walk with that rivers of living water coming out of you, start something. Come on, worship team. Anybody excited? Man, I I can't imagine what's going to happen when we really all together, not just the leaders, not just those that that think that they might be spiritual enough, but everything. That means if today's your first time and you said, I'm going to be part of this church, that's you too. That means you might even have not even made a decision to, to be, I'm not even a Christian. What you talking about, son? That's all right. Do this with us. And then you decide at the end of the 10 days. Daniel told the guard, test us after 10 days and see and, and see how, how we are. And what happened was after 10 days, they were better in better shape and better condition, smarter and more spiritual than any one of the other students. Because God met them. Amen? So I challenge you to start something. And I have this scripture that I just want to end with. And listen... This is just how God wants us to live. And I want you to just hear this. It's found in Luke 6.37. And it says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Please get this. The measure that you use to forgive, you'll be forgiven by. The measure that you use to judge you'll be judged by. The measure that you use to give, you will be rewarded by. That same measure would be used on us. I don't know about you, but I want to go into this fasting. I want to go into this new season saying, God, I want rivers of living water flowing out of me. I want to let go of past hurts. I want to let go of, of, of past attacks. I want, to, I want to be able to say to every hard pillow that I've ever put my head on, and I want to stand it up, pour oil on it, and say, I'm going to remember you, but I'll never put my head on you again. I want to be able to look at, back at the hard places, not with tears and, and, and brokenness, but with rejoicing that I'm not there anymore with rejoicing that God has brought me through and and church I just encourage you if that's what you want to do it's not going to happen just coming to church it's not going to happen watching online it's not going to happen on its own you got to start something and so here's the challenge and you have time to change your mind 
But if you're ready to start something, come on, let's stand. Let's stand. If you're not ready, sit down. Ain't nobody going to judge you. I just talked about people judging you, so don't. Worship team's going to worship for, for just a little bit. You're free to worship with us. You're free to say a prayer and make your peace with God and leave. But I challenge you and I pray that you hear these words again and again before this new year hits. I challenge you before the time is over to start something. 